0: Amen. Thank you, Brother Joel. We appreciate that. Um, I'm glad to see you all here today. I mean, what a, what a blessing it is uh, when we see people in the house of the Lord here, even on a cold morning, wet morning, uh, coming to worship the Lord and sing praises to His name. And um, before you check out today, I want you to understand something. We may be ordaining deacons today, and, and we're going to do that in a little bit. But I want you to know that God has a message for you today. It's no accident that you're here. And the things that I will be charging these these new deacons with uh, are are good for all of us. We all need to hear it. And uh, if you serve in this church, you need to be reminded of it. I need to be reminded of it. And so it gives us opportunity to walk that journey and to reinforce those things that we've already taught and, and what we're already doing, but it helps us to all be on the same page together. And I would say to you this morning that, um, you know, it's appropriate as we gather for this occasion that, that we know why we do this and what ordination accomplishes. Understand this, we have, we have no ability to confer power upon the people that we ordain, Neither do we have the power or desire to transfer them into some kind of you know, upper class of Christian. There's no, there's no rankings in the Christian faith. We're all on the same playing field. We're all on the same level. Uh, we're not conferring anything to make them super spiritual or anything like that. So I ask the question, why are we here? Why do we do this? Why, why is it something that we do? And there's little in the way of uh, explicit biblical basis for the practice of ordination. Now, when we talk about the laying on of hands, is often found in the context of blessing or the setting apart. Um, in, as in the Levites in the Old Testament, they would lay hands on them and set them apart. Or the setting uh, of the first deacons, where they were set apart to serve uh, the, the tables and the widows uh, in the early church in Acts 6. Also, in the commissioning of Barnabas and Paul to be missionaries, they laid hands on them and prayed over them in Acts 13. And then in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, the elders of the church, they laid hands on young Timothy. But most of these instances don't exactly match what we are doing today. Probably the first one matches more than the most. But I would say to you this morning that larger biblical principles are, what, we are uh, what compel us today. See, in the New Testament, we see the principle that although God's will for a person is individual, confirmation of his will for that individual is corporate. And so while we recognize that these men that we are ordaining today have been set apart for ministry in this church... It's partly because they're already serving in that capacity. And so what we as a church are doing is we're, we're praying over them and laying hands on them and saying, we recognize God's will, that you are doing God's will in, in your life. That you have accepted that and that you are working with that. So these two men, Doug Burgert and Kyle Tanner, um, they're going to be set apart today as deacons. And we as a church body are asking them to be servants. We're not asking them to, to, to be in charge. We're not asking that we're just as, simply asking them to be servants. and we as the body of Christ, having many opportunities to know these men and watch their walk with Christ, to see how they respond to others and, and to see their lives and to know their character, to know their beliefs and, and their giftedness. We are being asked to give confirmation of what we believe is God's will for them. That they serve as servants in this church. But folks, recognize we are fallible. We slip and fall. We can can tumble. And we need the body of Christ. And as we come seeking guidance and confirmation of the body in this manner... As we ordain them, we are giving them no power they do not already possess. We recognize the gifting that God has done and we confirm what we believe with them, that they are fulfilling God's will in each of their lives. So we're just confirming that and and we are affirming them in God's presence. That our conviction that these men are qualified by character that they're fitted by the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given them, by the sound, that they are sound in doctrine to provide servant leadership to God's people. Now, that sounds like a a big ticket. That sounds like a a big deal. But what we recognize is we have already seen these things in these men's lives and in their family. Folks, we, we, we want to affirm that. See, it is our duty... Today is Christ's body and gifted by God with discernment to joyfully affirm these men. But if in the future a person should seek ordination that is not qualified, it would be equally our duty to protect the body by not ordaining that person to be a servant leader to God's people so it goes both ways it's a two-edged sword but it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity that we have and we're here also because of our love for these men the more we know them the, the, the more we love them and, and get to know them and their families and it's just a, a beautiful thing so we want to publicly bless them pray for them recognize their importance in the ministry here folks it's not it's not just about the pastor it's never been about me It's all about Him. And for for people to to be willing to to set their, their lives apart and to say, Look, I just want to do God's will, whatever that looks like, to be a servant in His kingdom, I think that's a beautiful thing. You know, that's why we will soon lay hands of blessing on them and pray for them and their wives and their families. Because truly they have already begun their ministry. We're just recognizing it. We're also here to remind our brothers of the responsibility that goes with all that God has done in their lives. To remind them and remind ourselves, the congregation, of the, of the role that we have in the relationship with the deacons of this body. Yes, they are our servants. They are the ones we call when we're in need, when we need some prayer, when we need some help. When we don't know where to, to turn, we, we call them. And hopefully they're doing a good job of listening and hearing what those needs are and responding to those and ministering uh, uh, through the, the power that the, the Lord gives them. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful relationship that we have as, as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But truly, that's what all of us are, is ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I love that. You know, the background to this passage, we're going to be in Mark, excuse me, Matthew chapter 20. And uh, if you want to open your Bible up there, we're just going to camp out there for a little bit. Matthew chapter 20. I'm going to read two or three verses here in just a moment. But the background for this passage is, you remember when... Um, the mother of James and John went to Jesus and uh, had a huge ask of Jesus that, that her sons be put on the right and on the left when he comes into to power in his kingdom. And she wanted them uh, to, to, to sit on the right and the left. And after all the discussion, you know, some of the other disciples caught on and they were a little bit miffed by that. They were a little bit upset about the fact that that these two uh, apostles went and asked for the the premium places next to Jesus. And so um, it is is with that that, um, you know, their own hearts' desires for power and authority were exposed. And Jesus instructs them about what real leadership is and what greatness in his kingdom looks like. And I think this is huge. I want to read in Matthew chapter 20, verse 25 and following. It says, But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not this way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Loving Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the instruction that we receive from your word. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are our teacher and our guide. I ask that you would lead us into all truth. Father, that you would show us our own hearts. And Father, if there are areas that we've given over ground to the enemy, that we would confess them to you. Lord, we want to be effective and efficient in your ministry. Help us to do your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today we, we are ordaining our brothers Doug Bergert. I'm asking ask if you stand if, for just a moment if you would. Doug Bergert, and also uh, Kyle, uh, Kyle Tanner. And uh, they're, they're the, the men that we will be ordaining in just a little bit. Thank you guys. And um, to the deacon ministry or the servant ministry... And so this morning, I want to charge them, if you will, um, each of them, as a, but as a reminder also to the rest of us, okay, we're all ministers in this, in this regard, and, and I, I, I give them and y'all the words of Jesus on leadership. If you want to be great in the kingdom, you're going to be the servant of all. The way up is down. And I, I love this passage because he, he really um, lays it out there for us. And the, the first thing that I see in this passage is that ministry is not about authority. Sometimes we want to make it about authority. But in verse 25 he says, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. And then verse 26 says, It is not this way among you. He says, this is how the world operates, but it's not how we operate. And I think that's important. He takes the opportunity, Jesus does, to explain that leadership in his kingdom is not about authority. The world operates with authority. The world operates with manipulation and domination and demands and commands and power and pride. But Jesus said that it's not going to be that way among us, that we're different from that. And note that the point of his discussion is not that there is no authority, but that it's not wielded in a domineering fashion. It's not about being the boss. It's not about being in authority. He says that we are to operate differently from the world. You know, and in order to serve the church, the church calls and sets forth or sets aside deacons or servants. It's really what the word deacon means, is to be a servant. You see, the self-serving, the self-promoting, the self glorifying ways of the world are the direct opposite of spiritual greatness I like to think of it as the upside down kingdom you know when when we serve the Lord basically what what happens is is we serve him and and the more we serve him the more influence we have in other people's lives you know what influence is it's power we don't think that. We think, well, you've got to, you, you know, if Jesus showed us on the cross, we think what, what the world thought was weakness was power and strength. As he hung there and he bled for you and me. It's not about authority. Our world wants to make it about authority. I, I heard this quote. I'm not really sure who said it. And if you find out who said it, and you let me know, I'll make a notation of that but it says God's great men are not sitting on top of lesser men but are bearing lesser men on their backs I mean that's the beautiful thing about Jesus most most kings burden their subjects (laughs) but our king carries our burden. See, we're not conferring upon Doug and Kyle any special power or authority. Rather, we're charging you with a responsibility. I charge you this morning that if you know of any motivation that's other than having a pure heart or, or loving God or exalting Christ, to please acknowledge this and deal with it biblically. You're not to manipulate you're not to subvert, you're not to malign. You're not to command or demand things from others. You're not to use your status or your popularity or your charm or your, your flattery or nor attractiveness to achieve your own agenda. As a servant, you're here to serve. Each one of us are. You've not been elevated to a higher position, but to a higher plane of responsibility. To whom much is given, much is required. If you are thanked in any way, consider it a gift of God's grace. If you are never thanked, consider it your service a privilege and an honor all the same, because your reward comes from the Lord. See, ministry is about humble service. Humble service. That's what he says in verse 26 and 27. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Jesus said, if you want to become great, if you want to be a leader, then become a servant. He showed us how to do that. He got down on his knees and he washed the disciples' feet. The most menial of tasks he took upon himself. He uses here both Greek terms for servant, diakonos and doulos. Both of them, servant, bond servant. You know, the first of these is a person who did menial labor, such as serving tables or house cleaning. You might consider that the the lowest level of hired help. Some of us consider that a privilege. Jesus elevated this one to a place of great kingdom significance. The second use of the word here is that of a slave, one who did not even belong to himself, but to another. Jesus and Paul are examples of this type of service. I mean, ministry is not about the office. It's not about ordination or title. It's about serving the bride of Christ, of doing what needs to be done for the bride of Christ in humility, and with honor. You know, our, our, our marching orders come throughout Scripture. You look at Colossians 3, verse 12 and 13. And this is, I want to say, this is what it looks like to serve. Verse 12 says, So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion... Of kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. If you want to lead, to be great in the kingdom of God, look to serve. Look for ways that you can serve brothers and sisters in Christ. Look for ways that you can serve the body of Christ. I'm so thankful for the deacons in our church that do so much each week. Many times it goes unnoticed. If you had coffee in your Sunday school class this morning, it's probably because a deacon brewed it. You know, it's things like that where people serve and we don't even recognize it sometimes. We don't know who did it. It just happened. It was probably a deacon that did it. I'm just grateful for the deacons that we have. I want to say, if you want to lead, if you want to be great, look to serve. And gentlemen, model your leadership after that of Jesus himself. He washed the disciples' feet and, and, and realized that any recognition of authority... That you receive is simply a delegated authority from Christ himself. He is the one who gives that authority. We work and we serve in the gifts that he gives us, in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the giftedness that God gives us. And it's a delegated authority. I would say to you this morning, live your life as an example. So that people will want to be like you in godliness. be willing to go the extra mile. Go the extra mile in prayer. Go the extra mile in study, in effort. Go the extra mile in discipling. Go the extra mile in missions, in counseling, or whatever ministry that God gives you, go the extra mile. And man, if this isn't something that that you will do willingly. I just want to ask you to go ahead and excuse yourself prior to us laying on, your hand, on the hands on you. Because it can't be under coercion. It's got to be because it's something that you understand God is calling you to do. We believe that. We understand that. And that's why you're here today. But if, if it's something else, then walk away. Because the demands of our Lord are pretty high. I would also tell you this morning that ministry is about the gospel. It's not about just meeting people's physical needs. It's not about just meeting their emotional needs or whatever financial needs or whatever else, other needs they have. Ministry is about the gospel. I mean, Jesus reminds leaders that He came And he provided an example of one with real authority. You remember as he walked the earth, he had the the temple and the Pharisees and the the religious leaders there. And they were all about image. Jesus came and he said, "They, they really don't have the authority from the Father. Let me show you what authority from the Father looks like. And he laid his life down for the very ones who were nailing him to the cross. in some measure every part of all of our lives is supposed to be about the gospel but no place is it more clearly demonstrated than with those of position or authority who humbly serve those around them especially those who are undeserving or those who maybe are marginalized or forgotten in the world I mean, near to the heart of Jesus are the widows and the orphans. You know, James says, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God is to minister to the widows and the orphans in their time of need. Those that are downtrodden, those that are poor, those that are struggling in whatever capacity. See, God sees us and He loves us. And we need to love His people that way. See, this church sometimes unintentionally overlooks these groups of people. And I want to say that the deacons, the servants, extend God's mercy to those that are hurting. And in doing so, the gospel is put on display. Christ is honored. And Almighty God is glorified when we meet people where they're at. You know, it's overwhelming when you think about the the task that God has called us to. But you know, I'm looking at a whole bunch of gifted people for doing the work of the ministry. That's a beautiful thing. You know, over in Philippians, thinking about ministry, chapter 2, verse 5. Paul writes this, he says, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God to be a thing, a thing to be grasped. But emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And then in first John three, verse sixteen, John writes this He says, We know love by this that He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. I mean Jesus was really saying here, my attitude should be your attitude. My attitude should be your attitude, and my kind of living should be your kind of living. And if you want to be great as God wants you to be great, then be like me. That's what Jesus is saying. Serve like a servant. If you want to be great in the kingdom, serve. Oh, We all need to hear that, because we're pretty much wrapped up in our own little world about what Our bodies need, about what our family needs, about what we want, about those desires rather than what our brothers and sisters need. So, gentlemen, I charge you today to demonstrate the gospel with your life. Continue to make Jesus your example and stay close to Him, abiding in Him. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man abides in me, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Stay close to him and you will serve well as a deacon. I want to say this, love others with the gospel of Christ. Be willing to go and share the gospel. Share your heart, caring for his bride. Share the gospel with those around you and be an example in, of boldness in witnessing and bringing others to see Christ. Don't ever forget that the church is the bride of Christ. And she has, he, he has entrusted her care to you, to us, to do the things that need to be done for the bride. I charge you to serve in a way that reflects the truth that one day you will give an account of your ministry to the Lord. Diligently serve those placed under your care to pray for them regularly, to know them, to know their hurts, their fears, their needs. Do what is necessary to serve these families because you are following Christ. See, it's a responsibility that we're giving you today. Not a title. It's a responsibility to care for the body. I read this quote. The Christian who desires to be great and first in the kingdom is the one who is willing to serve in the hard place, the uncomfortable place, the lonely place, The demanding place, the place where they are not appreciated and may be persecuted. Knowing that time is short and eternity is long. They are willing to spend and to be spent. They are willing to work for excellence without becoming proud. To withstand criticism without becoming bitter. To be misjudged without becoming defensive. And to withstand suffering without succumbing to self-pity. I think that's a great word. Not only for these deacons, but I started off by saying the Christian who desires to be great. Lastly, I would say this. Brothers, if you ever do anything to disqualify yourself from this ministry or from this service, or if you lose your burden to serve people, Don't make it hard on yourself. Don't make it hard on the church. Be a man. Do the hard thing and step down. Our commission requires it. If we're not going to be who we say we're going to be, then step aside. This is my charge to each of you today. To serve the Lord with gladness. It's a tremendous joy to serve the King of Kings. And may God be glorified in your lives and in His bride, the church. And so I say to each of you today, God bless you. At this time, I'm going to ask Brother Jeff Watts to come and lead us in an ordination prayer. And then as he he finishes, I would ask those in our midst who are ordained with your spouses uh, to come alongside and begin praying over those candidates, uh, voicing a brief prayer of blessing. There's quite a few people here, so I would uh, caution you just to keep that in mind. There are other people that would like to pray over them as well. Um, I would say let's move in an orderly fashion uh, from my right, your left, uh, to left to right, and um, forming a line and any members of the congregation who want to pray uh, are invited to participate and pray as well over those candidates but we're just going to kind of form a line over here on the the, the left hand side of the sanctuary and then we'll just we'll just go left to right and, and pray over them but um uh, god bless you all and uh, after uh, jeff's prayer then then um, we will begin our time of ordination
1: Would you all pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are um, thankful to be here today just in the midst of um, our church family here at Memorial. God, just the community you've given us to be um, encouraged by, to be sharpened with, and um, Lord, just to to run after you with. I pray, um, God, this morning that as um, we heard this charge to, um, to Kyle and to Doug, we'd understand, Lord, that's not just for um, the special deacons set apart. God, that they um, they've had a lifestyle of this, and, and that Jesus, for those of us following You, if we want to be impactful in Your kingdom, if we want the the power and the influence of our family or the people we work with, Jesus, You say the ways to serve them. I pray that we'd all be burdened um, by the needs of those around us and to see, God, the time where it's the, the church's role, but also the time where you have us placed there strategically, God, for that purpose, that I would see um, the opportunities you're giving me to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I pray for, um, for Kyle and for Macy and for for Doug and Debbie that um, this time of prayer this morning would be um, empowering. God, that it would bolden their walk with you, and um, not that we're elevating them, but God, just the um, the encouragement they receive from their brothers and sisters, and the affirmation that we see in Jesus using them as servants already, and Jesus, that you would continue to to grow them in that, God. But they'd also have this time to be um, to be humbled, Father, and to be um, even more so burdened by the needs of the church, Father. They would become keenly cognizant of, Lord, where you've called them and how you've called them to serve, and that um, you continue to draw those in your church um, to you, Lord that you would give to the body what this body needs. And you've been faithful in doing that, Jesus, and we know we'll, that you'll continue to do that. I pray that we continue to revere the church, not just as a, uh, a place to mingle together, but uh, as Ridge mentioned, uh, the bride of Christ, following the responsibility and the honor that comes with that. Thank you for both these men, Father, for their friendship, for their encouragement. And um, Lord, I just pray that you would bless this time that, that we pray over them. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.